Well, look at that. All my bodies vanished and their weapons are lying on the ground covered in blood. Eh, probably took a coffee break and didn't tell me. Those jokers. What the heck? All the security cameras have been shot. No wonder they don't work anymore. It must have been a weapons malfunction. Those guys' ammunitions are lazy. Boy, that's weird. All the ammunition supplies have gone missing and all their locked storage units were open to do it. Those teenage pranksters are at it again. Hey, what's that guy doing? Is he playing with a computer? You just crossed a line, mister. Time to die! Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes. Action RPG fans, come on down. Final Fantasy players, come on down. Might and Magic lovers, come on down. And Discaea fanboys, come on down. You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack. And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Meeky. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair. We will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RP... Oh, hold on a second. I'll take a swig. RPG Backtrack. The gods must be crazy. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is the one, the only, the unmentionable, Mike Minky. I'm not Voldemort. What the hell is this? Since when am I unmentionable? He whose name shall not be spoken. No, well, we decided that there were just too many mics on staff. Mm-hmm. And rather than, you know, firing people just for being Mike, which would probably get us in, uh, sued somehow, we're just going to, you know, about half the people named Mike, we are just going to refer to by name ever. Nice. I like it. And uh, I, I guess I'm going to be Minky forever then. <laughs> those, uh, those other two voices you hear are the dynamic duo, the Wonder, the wonder Twins, Wonder Twin Powers Activate, Scott Wakamater and Sam Marshmallow. Ew. Come on, Ew I want to hear the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twin <laughs> Powers, do it. Wonder Twin Powers. Hey, that they were like boy and girl twin. Do it. Wonder Twin Powers, do it. We're married. That's gross. Wonder You're gross. Wonder Twin Powers. 
Also, Super Friends. That's stupid. So, so I have really because we're totally more like Gotham Academy, aren't we? Yeah. Or are we more like A Babies versus X Babies? Because like I'm totally into that idea, especially if I get to be Baby Captain America and my teddy bear. I somehow feel we've gotten off track here. Why would you think that? Anyways, tonight's show is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Wasatch Brewery. Wasatch Brewery, makers of fine IPAs found on Main no, 300 West in Salt Lake City. And I am drinking the Devastator Double Bock. So um, this is some good stuff, boys and girls. Oh, right, right, show. So we have a rule on the show today. Anytime any of us mention the acronym that has to do with role-playing games... We all have to take a swig. Now, I'm well, drinking... I have no swig left to take, so... Well, I suggest you make swig. I'm drinking Devastator. What have you been having, Sam? Told you. It's an Elderflower Collins. Okay, I wasn't recording that. This is clearly for the benefit of our listening audience. It's not quite a Tom Collins. It's an Elderflower Collins. Magic. Ooh. What about you, Sky? Are you partaking of this magic elixir? Yes. He made it, so I just drink whatever he hands me. So if it's beer, we drink beer. If it's elderflower, you know, not in a man's hat, like on The Simpsons. Wait, they're, they're allowed to make a doppelbock in Utah? Hmm. You have to have a special license for it. See, I assumed the Utah microbreweries existed purely to satisfy the ridiculous patronizing uh, liquor laws of Utah. But no, apparently you can make real beer there now. You, you can if you are one of those microbreweries that have a special license. And you have to, like, find these guys because they're not in big, bright, shiny stores in the suburbs. You have to you have to go down some back street in near Salt Lake City itself to get these things. You won't find this in the store. In the store, and my dad's here visiting me from California, and I had to, to uh, educate him. And I showed him – we went to Whole Food, and I showed him all the beers have 3-2 label on the side. Yep. It's a tragedy, really, to neuter a beer like that. Uh, oh, hey, right. We're talking about a game tonight, aren't we? Uh, well, it's a game where alcohol actually is helpful, so... Oh. Not really, no. <laughs> Damn it, you ruined it for me. Yeah, painkillers actually work better than alcohol. Not. I mean, it, it, it gets me through thinking about the game, but if you down six bottles of wine because you, you realize that we're hogging a whole inventory slot... You're just going to get that stupid wobbly blurry effect everyone likes to do when you're drunk in games. <laughs> Whoa, I can't see the screen clearly. Sophisticated. Like this, I don't, like, do do computer programmer, do game designers just never get drunk? Is that what they, is that what they think being drunk is? I think it's the easiest way to make someone look drunk. I don't know. Hmm. To quote The Simpsons, I was at a pornography store. I was buying pornography. Now let's get on with the show, please. Right, right. So uh, the and two... Mike R- is dying in the corner. The two RPGs... Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> ah. All right, sorry about that. The two RPGs uh, were... Ta- Dang it, you just again. It again. Damn it. The role-playing games that we are discussing tonight Thank are- you, are uh, Deus Ex Invisible War... And Deus Ex Human Revolution. So one that sucks, and one that's all right. Yeah, yeah. And and so we're going to talk about those after we take a break and get ourselves another Devastator. And we'll be right back.
Welcome back. This is the main event where we take a game or a series of games, or in this case, half a series, because we've already spoken about the first Deus Ex on a previous podcast not that long ago. Spoiler, it's it's awesome. It rocks. Go play it. Go play it. Go play it. Uh, so, but, uh, but right now, we're going to kick off. We're going to talk about the last two games that have come out in this series so far anyways. Uh, and we're going to start off with Deus Ex Invisible War, developed by Ion Store, published by Eidos Interactive. This was released in Microsoft Windows and the Xbox in North America on December 2nd, 2003. This is a first-person shooter action role-playing single-player game. RPG. Oh, gotta take a drink. <laughs> you did that deliberately this time, Phil. Uh, no, totally slipped, man. That was totally... Because you need an excuse to take a drink. Yeah, that was a total accident. Hey! No, I don't believe you. Mike, you drinking some wine or something tonight there, bud? Uh, I can go get some Heineken's if I have to. All right, Heineken's. I like myself so some Heineken's. Let's talk Invisible War, the Invisible. game I didn't play. <laughs> hey, can you even see this thing? Uh, no, yeah. That was a bad joke. The, the, the title is actually stupid because it's supposed to be a war where you don't know who the participants are. Invisible war. Get it? Okay. Yeah, except it's one stupid. of them literally advertises, <laughs> like literally has recruitment drives. Okay, okay. You I'm can find guys the on the street wearing stupid outfits being like, hey, you should become a knight, a knight Templar. Uh, Sam, yes? with Devastator, all my jokes are funny. The question is... The question is whether or not there's enough Devastator over at Wasatch Brewery, found on 300 West in Salt Lake City, to make Invisible War fun. I don't know. If you drink, uh, let's say, about a gallon of it, then Invisible War will probably distract you for maybe 10 minutes before you pass out and maybe choke on your vomit. Mike, you're clearly lying to me because I know this game is good for two reasons. Both of them provided by Wikipedia, by the way. The first one is... As of April 2011, Wikipedia says the game has sold over 1.2 million copies. So that clearly means it was good, wow. right? That makes it a failure by Square you Enix's know. metrics. So oh, this is tr- this is true. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that took seven and a half years. What is that average? About uh, 150,000 sales a year, less than that? By Square Enix standards, that's a complete and utter bomb. Dismal. I'm surprised the sequel happened. Scott, how many how many copies were sold to Tomb Raider when they called it a failure? Uh, six million. Best six. best launch of the series. Okay, all right, all right. So maybe I'm wrong there, but but I can tell you what makes Invisible War an absolute win, and that is the fact that it uses a modified Unreal Engine two with Havoc physics. I mean, that well, just sounds is- awesome. <laughs> Well, I don't know what the hell that is, is. It is worth mentioning that it is the first game to use the Havoc engine. Havoc! Um, which means that it had a really terrible uh, version of the static friction bits of the engine. So kicking chairs around, like, you know, full arm chairs around, was like, you know, You bump into them, they fly across the room. Yeah, it, it, everything, behave, everything that is a physics object behaves like it's on a shuffleboard. It's Which hilarious. It is amusing for a little while until you realize that the whole game is like that and it wasn't a deliberate choice. Yeah, that 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 was just what they were stuck with. And I've been an apologist for Invisible War in the past, mostly because I sort of understand the constraints they were working under, which is to make a sequel to Deus Ex on a console in time for a Christmas release. It 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 managed to hit one of those goals. I mean, it didn't really break my Xbox. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was in time for the Christmas release, right? Or was that just the PC release, December 2nd? Uh, no, it, it did hit December 2nd, uh, okay. right on the dot, for both uh, PC and Xbox. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that everything behaves like it's on a shuffleboard and the AI just goes all fiddly-foo if you light someone on fire, which you should do. You should light people on fire, and then you should throw their corpses around, because the ragdoll physics is just hilariously bad, because early Havoc. What? What? No, no. Havoc can never be bad. Unreal Engine 2 just sounds awesome. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Before we get into combat, we'd like to talk about the story. And something that sounds as cool and, <laughs> as Invisible War must be awesome. I mean, it must be the most awesome RPG up oh, there. I go again. Hold on a second. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So, here yeah you talk go. about take, the story. Take your swig. Okay, All right. So. You are Alex D. And should I say who D stands for yet? Or is that... No. Sure? Wait, we're, we're RPG Backtrack. We must spoil like no other. So the D, suspiciously, uh, does not, in fact, stand for Don't Ask, but Denton, because you're a clone of J.C. Denton, except you look nothing like J.C. Denton if you play the game as a black woman, which is an option <laughs> that you should always take, because how often is a black lady going to get to be the lead in a sci-fi franchise? Only if not, you choose it. Not very often. Yeah. Wow, that's a dumb reveal. Oh, yeah, it was. That's, it was so that's, dumb. That's, that's like, why that the name is Alex, dumb. so it can be. Oh, it, it gets dumber. It gets dumber. <laughs> that's just go on. Game. I'm excited. Well, the opening scene is a terrorist group deploying what looks like some kind of uh, electronic EMP device that blows up all of Chicago, which yeah. is which is put back together quite well after Deus Ex is ending. Yeah. I, and then you get to move to Seattle and immediately get to hear from people that, oh, this Tarsus Academy you're in, they're, they aren't really looking out for your welfare. You should join us. The the Knights Templar don't show up quite yet. It's uh, the group that runs around with the robes all everywhere. Okay, uh, God, it, it's the Order. You get introduced to the Order Church, which is um, spiritual but not religious in the same way, you know, your freshman year comparative religious studies uh uh, uh, report partner was. So, stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Stupid. And it's led by uh, Duclair. From Beth the first Duclair game. of uh, the last game. She reformed yeah. her punk ways and is now Lady Pope of non-specific religiosity. Oh, spouting... that's 2072. So, 20 years was enough to repair all the damage JC did in the first game, apparently. Because the, well, the world looks just fine. Well, except no, it's not, because uh, the world is uh, the size of my house. Um, you know, well, the, downtown the Chicago... look just fine. Yeah, like, downtown Seattle uh, is about the size of an apartment building, a Cairo sprawling metropolis of uh, the Near East. What was it, about is, 10 people? Is, has a population of 15 guys. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot the guys who try to kill you. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, what? Where... Oh, Antarctica! With Antarctica a- does not have a sky. It, it, it does is have a lot of penguins closed. wandering around inland. What is this piece of crap game you guys played that Antarctica has no sky? Yeah, it, it, it's fully enclosed. It's, it's, it has a ceiling. All of Antarctica has a ceiling now. Brandstorm, what, what yeah. happens? Like, uh, they had on. to make a console game. They had to make a console game, and the Xbox had about 64 megs of RAM... And so you can't make an environment with that. Oh yeah, it literally sixty-four megs of RAM. I and, and yes, Antarctica inland is full of penguins that just wander around, and they don't even react if you shoot them. They just kind of still waddle like penguins because well, they they, they they have the best ragdolls because they don't <laughs> ragdoll at all. They turn into bowling pins. 
So like you you can empty explosive rounds at their feet and watch them flip. It's hilarious. Or you could light them on fire and have them run around and light other enemies on fire. Peter didn't should've... protest this weirdly enough. <laughs> no. Oh, and Trier Germany. Oh yeah, Trier Germany. That is also about the size of I'm I'm going to say Epcot, like the Germany section of Epcot is really appropriate. That's the best analogy I have. Yeah, what does it take? About 45 seconds to walk around the whole circle of the of Trier? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is literally that Germany section of Epcot, but without the benefit of beer. It, it also features the stupidest pigeons I've ever seen. You can step on them and they won't react. Yeah, unless, of course, the physics gets wonky and you tap them the right way and you jump 12 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and there are rats, too, and they're even stupider than the rats in the first day of sex, which is saying something. I know, it's it's amazing. But, uh, so Alex D. slowly unravels the exact same conspiracy as uh, the first game, except this time... Um, it seems a lot more rushed for some reason. Yeah, it, it's sort of like, okay, we don't... We still want to have the protagonist be an outsider to what's going on, but we want the player to get back inside as fast as possible. So they just have this Cliff Notes version of exposing the conspiracy, and you know, within half by the halfway point, you're just doing whatever the hell Tracer Tong tells you to do. Yeah, and then and, at the uh, end, you choose how stuff goes, and you get a generic cutscene. And you can you can kill everybody you want the whole way through, and you can still choose whichever side to decide with because you know well, they don't care. <laughs> oh, they literally don't. There, there's a wonderful moment because sometimes uh, the main story missions will have. Uh, mutually exclusive final objectives, like, hey, destroy this prototype weapon versus steal this prototype weapon. Versus... Kill Paul Denton versus let him out. Yeah, um, and the, the those will sort of determine your faction alignment for the minute. And then there are, <laughs> hey, side quests that certain entities will give to you. So the Order Church will ask you to destroy... This is my favorite one, is uh, the Order Church will ask you to destroy a hydroponics farm on the outskirts of Chicago. So you break in, uh, you do some fiddly jumping to steal the uh, custom tranquilizer gun that shoots uh, napalm instead of tranquilizer darts, and then you uh, burn the whole place down, at which point uh, one of the other factions gets pissed off at you and sends two guys, which you handily execute without even really breaking stride. And then you get a message saying, well, that was just a warning. Yeah, that's a warning. Next time we'll take it seriously. Oh, by the way, could you do this favor for us? There's totally a biomod canister in it for you. It doesn't (laughs) make any sense. Oh, it it doesn't. It doesn't. But they didn't want to lock any option out at any point. So you can literally spend the whole game just pissing on the Illuminati and and then halfway through say, you know what? Your whole, okay. your whole world domination bullshit uh, trade sanctions deal ain't so bad. Um, do Let's I get a cool robe? Do I get a cool robe? Probably. At some point. We couldn't be bothered to animate it, but you can imagine it. Hey, they didn't even give you a trench coat this time. No! And, okay, did you see this, Scott? Is, was it just me, or did everyone seem to stand around like they're in the Old West about to draw? Oh, yeah, no, everyone has the exact same posture of, um, you know, this is how we built the models. Legs, shoulder-width apart, arms slightly, uh, slightly, uh, you know, at rest, but not really touching, because then they clip through stuff. 
And also, everybody seems to have their eyes open fully all the time. It's like they don't have eyelids and it's freaky. Yeah, no one has eyelids. No one has eyelids. (laughs) So if you want to be disturbed by all the characters who are talking to you, this is your game. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes, and that wonderful ammunition mechanic. Nanotechnology has made it so that all weapons run off the same source. So, yes, your flamethrower, your trank gun, your pistol, your SMG your rocket launcher, it's all powered by nanotechnology. Yes. And that, that's just so beautiful. Well, it's there's, there, I can, this is a thing I can believe nanobots can do. However, you only ever get to t- carry 10 mags. Yep. And boys, and it go away everything fast. but the pistol and, S- and everything but the pistol chews through those mags like uh, an SUV and gasoline. So you will never have more than about Two, uh, two reloads available to you at any given moment. No, and re- and getting more is such a pain in the butt because you always have to move the stupid enemy corpses off of the ammo that they drop in order to get at it. Oh yeah, like even with a mouse control, I bet it's still terrible. Oh, it was because you can't you can't grab the stupid ammo or the gun. It's it's right there. I can see it, but you won't let me grab it until I move this stupid corpse out of the way. God damn. Could you have died in a more convenient way? No. No, of course they can't. Like, it's worth it to try to ghost through the game just so you don't have to move corpses or poke around for the ammo they drop. And, oh yes, I don't know how it is on the Xbox, but 12 years after this game came out, I'm playing it on this machine that I bought in January, and I get 30, 45 second load times every time I go to a new area. Yep, just as bad back then. (laughs) Wow. That is impressive. I mean, I just had to throw that out there because I hate load time. Especially when it's already on the disc. What is there to load? I don't know. Um, so, uh, the AI seems even stupider in this one than it was in the first. Oh, yeah, the the AI is just pathetic. It is pathetically bad. It is frustrating. Oh, oh, yes. You you may have encountered something like this, Scott. In Trier, uh, there's some order people who have a beef with the uh, German plant workers over something. I don't even remember what. And yeah. the German plant workers get into a shootout with them. The order manages to kill all four of them. And there's a security guard right there. The bullets are flying right past him. And he says right as the, the shooting ends, What happened? What's going on? I better call it in. What happened here? <laughs> See, th- th- there's also the inverse where um, anything anything you do is cause for immediate overwhelming lethal force if you rob a vending machine like literally just give it a high tech Fonzarelli special and get four cans of off brand coke they will sick three security guards and a and fucking ed 209 on you I found that out in, uh, what is it? I think it's an airport early on. Oh, yeah, where, the airport. <laughs> where, where I just decided, hey, you know what? Nobody's looking directly at me. I can try and hack this vending machine. No! Two seconds later, I get shot and killed. Oh, yeah. Jeez, man! How do oh, you yeah, know Seattle International Airport has only one terminal, and it's for helicopters. <laughs> it, it's 2072. We're in the future. Helicopters. Uh... Yeah, let's see here. I, my helicopter pilot for most of the game was Ava, the AI construct made by J.C. Denton, who, you know, do you think that would uh, pan out to something? It doesn't. Nah, not really. 
Your other pilot is the vaguely Han Solo-like dude who demands money, but I say that only to classify enough because he's anywhere near. Yeah, no, he, no one is interesting. No character in this game is interesting. JC is not interesting, which is quite an accomplishment. I know. Like, they made him worse. And in order to get the good to, game now? Well, we... In, in order to get to him, you have to go through recreations of scenes from the first game... Except they look nothing idea. like this first game, even a little bit. No, they don't. I reckon I took me a little while to figure out. Oh, wait that that's Vanderlei. That's Manderlei's office. Okay, why? I don't know. <laughs> and then, of course, the the ending takes place at the very be- at the the offices of the first game, which also don't really look like they used to. Oh yeah, no, not even the slightest. But the real ending is, of course, uh, the Easter egg where you grab the American flag, you get in the lobby, throw it into the first toilet you see, flush the toilet, and get warped to a nightclub where all the characters from the game are dancing. Hey, Phil, this is where you take a drink. <laughs> Say it's a cl- they're dancing to an RPG beat. There we go. Yeah, and uh, then you can read all the quotes, the, the quote file from all the devs on the game, where it's perfectly clear they are painfully frustrated with the whole process. Like, I think my favorite exchange in there, because it's all pulled from their chat logs, is like, hey, I think Jim's finally figured out how to uh, put vehicles back into the game. And it's like, where would you put them? Trier streets are five feet across. You would put them, uh, and then you would be able to go through them in 10 seconds instead of 45 on your motorcycle. And it would be completely pointless. Yes. Uh, Oh, and of course, there's no real reason to use stealth at all. None. You kill everybody, and then 10 seconds later, they've all forgotten about it. So why bother? Just, like, just kill everybody. Everything is why bother. Like you, you can you can sneak around. Like you can use the alternate route they hid behind a couple of crates, and just be on the other side of a door. Like you you have you have traded a brief moment of searching around for a multi tool. Oh yeah, we don't have lock picks anymore because lock picks and multi tools were way too. Con- oh yeah, everything has been trimmed down to nothing. Yeah, remember Every... all the skill points you got so you could develop your character? Those yeah, are gone. gone. Re- remember all having three, you know, remember having, you know, about 20 different uh, nano-aug slot or augment slots that you could play around with and finding upgrades for them was interesting? Yeah, no. I remember that. That was good. Now you've got, what, six augment slots and you can just freely choose between them whenever you want and upgrades are plentiful, and you'll probably... Yeah, you, you'll have so many upgrade canisters that literally you can play the first half of the game with one build, and then, now that that build's kind of useless for the end game, completely rebuild your character and still be at the top of the power curve. Oh, and uh, they got rid of alternate ammo. I mean, uh, most guns still have a secondary fire, but it's almost entirely worthless. Except for smoke grenades. Those are hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I used them very often. I just went for regular grenades and watched as six different people standing in one spot would be blown away and then keep flopping for a good 60 seconds afterward. The, uh, you, you would It was the alternate fire on the shotgun, and you would uh, just drop a sn- smoke grenade, and people would just stand stock still and cough, and you would walk <laughs> past them. Okay, I do, I do regret missing that now. Yeah, it you you maybe encountered it if you accidentally hit a fire extinguisher while in a gunfight. Oh yeah, and it crashed thrice on me because that's what I love to see games. Uh, 
you know, I just felt I just have to get that out there because you'd think twelve years later it wouldn't be crashing. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think there was. Mu- oh yeah, there was music from uh, that that holographic teen idol, whatever. You yeah. See all the clubs, and it's from some band that was big at the time. Or no, it wasn't even big. They weren't even big at the time. They but I remember were... I read RPG fans review, and the guy who wrote it specifically called out that band as one of the reasons he to listen to the music because it was Ugh. good. No, like the music is garbage in this one. Well, you can barely hear it most of the time. The audio levels are way off. Oh, the the whole mix in this is terrible, and the foley is bad. Like, there's only one footstep noise. It's lame. <laughs> you get five feet away from somebody, and bam, you can barely hear them anymore because, uh, yeah, it's terrible. It's, yeah. Uh... You... Uh, voice acting, all bad, all bad. Whole list. I'm trying to come up with Alex's voice varied from monotone to severely monotone. So yeah, that's that about covers it. Uh, I mean, Laura Bailey plays Lady Alex D, and it's not much better. And I mean, you and know, JC and, will... and Paul are not voiced by the same guy. Well, they are voiced. They are voiced voiced by the same person, but they a are? different person. Oh. oh wait, no, it's the same it's the same guy. Maybe. Yeah, that... completely different. Okay, well, maybe that's three years and him realizing that being my vision is augmented is not a great way to go about it. Maybe. But you know, he actually had a personality with that earlier voice. Here I can't remember what he sounded like. Go to the thing. Distribute the nanomachines. Nanomachines. Yeah, here I'm I'm Illuminati nanomachines. Back on Liberty Island. Here, help me. I will unleash a new world order, which I thought was the ending of one of the of one of wasn't that the ending in the first game? Okay, so the so the the setup for this is that all four endings happened, but only kind of, so that um, JC merging with the Helios AI uh, put him into a coma, but also broke uh, the world's economy and destroyed the information network and threw it all into chaos. Makes perfect sense. Sure, perfect sense. Although he didn't destroy the world that badly, because you'd think it would take more than 20 years to pick it up to, you know, about the level of the first game. No, it's actually higher than the first game in some way. Well, it's, it is, you know, um, well, again, it might explain why there's no one around and why everything is so small. And also nanomachines. Nanomachines. (sighs) Okay. Um, Is there anything else to say about it? I mean, you Uh, said you, you said you were one of the relative defenders for a while. What did you see? Did I-, um, I, I, I just appreciated an earnest attempt to do uh, what Deus Ex did under a big long list of dis- constraints, including make it more accessible. I mean, I realized it fell short on basically every level, almost entirely because it had to be on the console. And it was under that strict deadline. And that strict deadline. And hell, even just the lighting in this game is terrible. Like that—that's it, it. It is too dark all the time. Yeah. Like I, I think there was a sincere attempt to try, and it just fell apart. And you know, good good effort. I think maybe, but it sounds like this game is totally not worth the effort or time. Uh, and as well, someone who is interested in Deus Ex in a historical sense. Well, okay. I'm well, just going to well, pull Sam- up how much Deus Ex costs today. Both of them okay, are just... Okay, so, so on Steam, Deus Ex Invisible War is $7. 
that still doesn't sound worth seven dollars to me, except is, for the part where penguins are bowling pins and chairs. Totally, that like is, that is fairly late effect. in the game, though. To get to Antarctica, you have to suffer through a lot. It's yeah, not a you have to go game. through Cairo. It's it's not worth going what? through Cairo. That's just lame. And Trier. Oh and, God. And Seattle. Uh, um. So I think now that this is worth. Uh, it is definitely not worth seven dollars, okay. and because it's a Square Enix title. Uh, not on sale enough. It is on sale almost constantly somewhere. So you will probably see this thing for uh, $4 on its own or as part of a bundle with good Deus Ex games. Still skip it. See here, I am seeing Invisible War on Xbox at three twenty-five, which is probably still a crappy deal. Yeah, um, no. In other words, like, are, are they paying me three twenty-five <laughs> to take it? Because that's just a free coaster, as far as I'm concerned. No, it looks like you would have to fork over three twenty-five. No, I can I can buy my own coasters then. And that is the cheapest one. I see a complete in box for four seventy-five. <laughs> All right, let's go to the good game now because you guys sound depressed. All right, let let's let's warn. Let's let's yeah. move over to Action Jensen. He's an amazing hero, guys. Yep. Action Jensen hero. I may have sang little songs throughout my entire human revolution. <laughs> Let's just say it drove Scott a little crazy. Except for the part where he'd pat me on the But I like this game! You I mean, like action Jensen. You, you, you mean you like RPGs? Oh, wait, there's Swig. I didn't say it! Mm. Stop that! It, it's all in how you phrase it. The phrasing is, is super important. So, so, uh, overall... <laughs> Do we really oh, tell, say more about tell me tell war? me tell me what you really think should 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 everybody run out and buy this one no we switched games the answer was no now we're talking about the good game if someone offer if someone is paying you to take it away then sure you've got at the very least a nice new coaster out of it and even if it isn't a nice new coaster it's still a coaster sorry I walked away for a minute to go get some more devastator did I, did we do I need to introduce the next game now yes okay cool Deus X Human Revolution. And this is developed by Eidos Montreal, Mixus Software for Windows, Feral Interactive for OSX, Straight Right Games for the Wii U. Wow, there's a lot of developers there. Published by Square Enix, Feral Interactive for the OSX. This, uh, let me see here. This was released originally on August 23rd, 2011 for Microsoft Windows, Mac with OSX, PlayStation 3, Wii U, Xbox 360, and it says here Cloud on Live. This is a, a first-person shooter, stealth, single-player action, wait for it, RPG. Oh, time for my another swig. Mm-mm. Must have some tolerance built up by now, Phil. Ah, good stuff. Hey, this stuff is uh, eight, this is this is a nice strong beer. It's eight percent, unlike three point two crap that you get at the grocery stores here in Utah. So good stuff. Uh, but but the question is: Is Human Revolution good stuff? I like it. It so, is. It is several steps in the in the right direction, and then one or two big steps back. Ooh, I didn't play the other one, so for me, it was a pretty <laughs> rad game. Well, 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 let's not get too far ahead, though. Let's talk about that story first. So the okay. year is the far future of 2000... Wait. 27. 20, 2027. Um, I love looking at some of the newspapers they leave around and seeing that apparently Israel allowed an Arab coalition to take over all of the Middle East around it and then invade the country. 
That that yeah. seems very likely. That well, the 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 really likely thing is that we will be at Final Fantasy twenty seven by two thousand twenty seven. That'll totally happen. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty far fetched, even four years ago. Now, like um, e- even in two thousand eleven, that was bullshit. Like uh, we will be at Final Fantasy seventeen, maybe. Hold me to it. <laughs> yeah, when is fifteen supposed to come out next year? <laughs> yeah, sure, next year. <laughs> It's only been in development, what, nine years now? Ugh, I know. Anyway. uh, Let's talk about Adam Jensen. He's our hero. So Adam Jensen is a former former SWAT team leader who uh, has been disgraced by no fault of his own and is now working in the private sector. Um, Technically, he should be a villain of a different cyberpunk story, but whatever. He works for Seraph Industries, a a bio a biotech firm, big heavy heavily invested in cybernetic augmentation. When crazy terrorists break into the lab, beat him up, uh, leave his body ruined, and kidnap his girlfriend, who nobody likes, who nobody cares about, um, which is funny because we, we the don't... voice actor is married to her in real life. We don't know Oops. she's kidnapped for a long time. Yeah, that that's the thing that... But totally kidnapped. But, yeah. Um, we believe she, they killed off the entire uh, R&D side of the company, but it turns out they were just kidnapped and used in the think tank. But uh, game picks up six months later. Uh, Jensen is now a cyborg cop whose punches are as strong as kicks and can uh, is now investigating, trying to pick up the trail of these terrorists and unfolding the very corners to just the edges of the plot of the first game in ways that are really weird like you have FEMA logos all over a secret facility You see that Vanderlei is behind the orders for taking people away to concentration camps more or less Yeah, like like there there are shoutouts to the first game in ways that are kind of entirely meaningless and don't and then, click and then at you're the like, end you get Bob Page it, welcoming Megan to his team for yeah, like the the it is it is a weird prequel. It it is it, it could have just it, it frustrates me whenever it actually reminds me it's a prequel to Deus Ex because moment to moment it's just a really good little you know sci fi infused shooter stealth game. I like it. Yeah, yeah let's it's leave good, out though. let's let's leave out the moments it references the first game for a little bit and we start in Detroit. Or you can play inner city basketball with inner city kids, which is kind of hilarious. I and never by did, play basketball, I never you did mean, get the ball in the net. And by play basketball, there's a basketball, and you throw it at the backboard, and maybe you land a dunk. You get an then, achievement if you land a dunk. It, which, if you're an achievement hunter, that's pretty rad. <laughs> it's not as good as the the, the landing a basket in Half Life Two. You know what? I spent like four hours trying to get a dunk in that stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, it took me four minutes to do it in Half-Life 2. So there you go. That's why mine's better. You know what? You know what? You put that sass mouth away. Because I'm going to embarrass you later and you know it. <laughs> so yeah, Jensen has to fight some dudes. One is like this big burly ex-military guy. He's kind of a tool. Then he has to fight Electro Lady. She's also a tool. And then he has she to fight this other even guy. He's also a tool. So, like, he fights a bunch of tools along the way. Who and just... then at the end, you fight the really tool Chinese lady who's the rival of Seraph, and uh, you get to kill yes. her, so that's nice. Yeah. Like, when you think about the kinds of villains in this game, they're kind of 
Okay, the actual boss fight characters that you face are pretty lame. Um, they're, they're non-characters. They're, they're, they're just non-characters. So you yeah. kind of you you well, go into well, battle they, and you kind they of shot just the crap out of them at the beginning. That, that's all you need for motivation, right? Well, I mean, and this is Jensen, so his motivation is got to save Megan. Got to save Megan. Meanwhile, you kind of sit there and go, you know, is Megan really that great? Look I mean, at her wardrobe. Rather, what is I, she wearing? That I is mean, such a I'm Team Malik. I am Team Malik. I would rather Jensen had, you know, boned Malik. But you know what? And hey, I got Y'all can't make I saved choices. her. I saved Y'all Malik. saved her. We all, you didn't save her. Not the first time. <laughs> I mean, it took me 20 tries. But damn it, I was not going on that game without Malik. Because well, she's my eyes in the sky. Well, Sam Sam was playing it wrong because she didn't have the revolver that shoots grenades. No, I didn't have it. I used everything else. I, I used everything else except for apparently the revolver with the grenades because I didn't know the revolver with grenades existed. Uh, I so, used the explosive barrels across the way, blew up a lot of guys that way, and then just went around with my awesome combat rifle and mowed down people. And um, I was fine with that. I used a sniper rifle, actually, for a good chunk of it, and just picked guys off and then kind of ran through the door and was like, yeah, I saved her! When I, realized uh, I tried that, that the first option. time, and uh, the first couple of times, and it didn't work. I wasn't fast enough. See, so I, I just... mine was dumb luck. I, I truthfully probably shouldn't, they shouldn't have gave it to me. <laughs> it really was dumb luck. Um, but honestly, you know, I think what I enjoyed about playing Human Revolution is I loved the talking boss battles, the ones where you'd have like actual talking matches with your boss and you'd have to figure out, are they a beta, are they an omega, are they an alpha? Like you you, you identify their personality trait and then you try to manipulate them into giving you more information or backing off or making them feel like really effing tiny, or they depending don't. on who it is. And then, you know, maybe they don't kill any hostages, or you get a diff- slightly different outcome to that event. Let's and face it, we all like doing it to David Seraph because he's a <laughs> douche. Well, yeah, and I, I should mention that I'm I did do my best to play the game non-lead, which is why I couldn't save Malik from the helicopter crash the first time. The second time, I had a revolver that shot grenades. And, Made life easy, huh? Well, that was just like two to... You know, double tap everyone, even the heavies, and you just walk away. Yeah, I don't think I could play this game non-lethal. I don't have the patience. Um, I no was able to play time. it non-lethal for the most part. There were times when I just said to myself, you know what, I'm sick of this, and guns people, especially at the end in in the Arctic, when it doesn't matter anymore. You don't get less because you killed everybody. You get nothing for killing all those people, so I just gunned them all Let's be honest, the best reason to play this game was hacking everyone's emails. Well, I mean, reading an email is just a cornerstone to the series, but getting to see, going through uh, the De- Metro Detroit Police Department and seeing the exchanges, especially as um, Detective A. Murphy and Detective R. Decker <laughs> can't remember the title to a 20th century movie where a police officer gets mangled and is turned into a cyborg is kind of hilarious. I... That's hard not to appreciate. Pretty awesome. Uh, the the I, police department, all the names are massive shout-outs. There's, you know, <laughs> Inspector or, uh, Sergeant W. Gibson. He's Canadian, right? He, he's totally Canadian. We picked him first, America. You heard it here. No, he picked us. <laughs> picked us. I met him. He told me I was a keeper. <laughs> okay. But that has nothing to do okay. with this. <laughs> okay, well, well, reading emails in 
in the Zhao Ladies Corporation in China, I kept seeing this stricture in the inboxes. The instant you get up to four messages, start archiving them, or we will automatically archive them and delete them for you. Remember that, people. In the future, four emails in your inbox. Max. Yeah, like cloud storage is at a premium in 2027. I, m- I mentioned this to my boss just to see a reaction because she has about 2,400 emails. It was funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you, you you start to unravel the guys who beat you up and stole your lady, and you, you go to Hangshaw, which is a rad location. It's got a cool design. It's uh, kind of got this upper city, lower city on the Yangtze River thing. You get to help a prostitute. You get to help prostitutes and get ladies get ladies out from the under the thumb of loan sharks. Uh, there's a lot of fun little side stuff in that area. Well, let's, it's, let's it's, be honest. The it's, side it's, stuff in the game is fantastic. A oh, lot of the little missions are really there, There's one sequence that's L.A. Noir better than L.A. Noir. Wow. Which one? Uh, the one where Malik's like, hey, my former roommate got murdered right. by your lame boyfriend. Can you prove he did it? Yes, and then when one. you do, you, you, you take it apart. There's a conversation boss fight. And then uh, once he admits it, she starts broadcasting his confession across uh, the entirety of the city. And nobody re- nobody mentions it at all. None of the passersby even look at the screen. Well, I think there, there are a few people who are upset. And then there's the guys who are just waiting outside, you know, trying to, you know, they, they just want into the club. They, they want to. They they want into uh, Boss Tong's illegal nightclub. That is totally out in the open. Well, yeah. he does illegal things, but the nightclub is just charging way too much for drinks. Did, did totally. Tong's son really have to get on a ship called the Tracer? Was that really necessary? Yes, yes. Because look, it was their. It, it was one of their shoutouts, and it had to be a little too on the nose for no reason. Actually, the best shout out is that um, people will idly whistle bits of the score to other to the first game. So, I, like, you hear that dude? Do, like, do, you'll do. like you'll you'll yeah. be walking around the streets Pretty of awesome. Detroit, and someone will be whistling, <laughs> or you'll be wandering through a lab, and one of the doctors will be humming uh, the uh, the UNATCO theme. So, after you do that, you get rocket shipped to wait. First, you first there's the missing leak DLC where. You wake up on a cargo ship and then break into an offshore platform and... You've been stripped of all your stuff at the start. Yeah, you get stripped of all your stuff, and then you pick up so much stuff that when you get your old stuff back, you have to, like, juggle it all around, and it's weird, and you have way more Praxis points than you could ever possibly need. You have to play a lot of equipment Tetris in this game. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. It's not fun. Yeah, I, I got used to just dropping one weapon so that I could pick up the ammo for another one, you, reloading with that weapon, and then picking up the first weapon, because that makes total sense. Yeah, and, like, it's almost worth it to dump your first few Praxis kits into more in Tetris squares for you to play with. That's what I did! But uh, then you go to Thailand and find a secret research lab where dun-dun-dun, the guys in R&D were alive the whole time. And, and, and they've been thing, and so. they've been forced forced to Ish. do their research. Yeah, well, like the one guy who said no got shot. So they're like, okay, and one of and some of them don't care. Like they're just like, you know what? It'd be nice to leave the building, but I'm really appreciating the amount of research I can get done here. They don't. And it, and it has been six funding. months. You know what the hell was David Seraph doing this whole time? Yeah, they're, they're a little Stockholm. Uh, drinking and sitting on his ass. That's normal for David Sarah. Sorry, uh, the secret facility is in Singapore. Um, but you rescue them all, and then you shoot the, then you kill the last boss fight, which is 
annoying. Well, sort, well, sort of the last boss fight because you still have to kill Zhao. Okay, the, the 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 first of the three, the last of the three guys who broke in and wrecked you at the opening. Yeah, and it's the last one that really plays like the the complete break to the established gameplay for boss fight mode. No, we're we're in. Okay, because if you're talking about the main game, is that the boss that you like had to do forty tries and I didn't yeah. do two? Yeah, and you were like, "You bitch, I, I hate I, you." I told you how to do it, though. That's just it. I made it look so easy, and you gave me the dirtiest look afterwards. I tried. Well, to uh, it's also that. worth mentioning that I was just playing half asleep earlier in the game. I was half asleep and just doing the checklist game. So I uh, did the optional mission to upgrade my firmware. And your firmware upgrade uh, makes you go crazy and screws with your interface for that whole fight. It's fun. It is fun not being able to see in that fight. Yeah, there was a lot of misery and F-bombs being dropped. So what I loved is I went in and I did it. I found a corner, and all of a sudden it gave me the takedown option. And I was like, bam, takedown. And the boss fight was over, and I was like, that was easy. And Scott was like, I hate you so much. I got the takedown option. I tried it, and he just... He slaps me did back. Did he and evade it? Me. Yeah, he did. Because it happens. Like I'm trying to remember. Like you, you have to go for lethal, and I think it yeah. has to be in. And sometimes he can still dodge it. Like you have to get him in a corner, which is what I did. I had him locked. In yeah, when and I then uh, yeah. after that, you take a rocket ship to the Arctic, where, where everyone Arctic? has gone crazy. What's his face? Um, Darrow, who Darrow. is who is you know so afraid of technology he's going to use everyone's firmware updates to make them go crazy and punch everyone well you have darrow who's crazy and then you have tiger who is like yay technology's in-. and then you then you punch your way past everything and you get to the end where you can pick just, an ending you pick an ending by <laughs> flipping a switch and you get a stock footage narrated by elias tofexis and we then like credits him. and then after the credits uh, megan is fine and hanging and, and working being for interviewed Bob, by Bob Page, Page to start, um, you know, the, Icarus the project, D project. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh and the fourth option—that's not a button. You you have to go into the back room and hit the self-destruct or whatever. And, so and look at all the beautiful that. stock footage. <laughs> it's almost it's, the same every time. So I actually—it's no, it, different. They chose different stock footage each time. Here you're looking at FDR signing something. Here you're looking at starving children in India. Wow. Um, I actually just didn't realize that I needed to go deal with David Seraph, so I actually skipped that whole bit. Yeah, if you don't explore that, you you lose out on options. You miss out on a lot of options. So my options were basically uh, side with Darrow or side with Tiger. And those you, didn't the, you didn't get the blow up the whole station nope. option and let them No, it, because you have to have all of the characters um, unlocked. Like, you've had to have met all of them in that last sequence. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, like I said, I couldn't find David Seraph. So I just was like, screw it. I'm at the end of the game. I can I do this. I picked a button. I picked a button. I'm good. Yeah, um, and was I was fine at, with it. He was down at the bottom of the missile shaft or whatever. And you, yeah. you run around, you kill a bunch of the. They're zombies. Let's just call them zombies. Yeah, they're basically like, zombies. They have there's they say stuff, but they're zombies. Just well, zombies. And the the dumbest part is you punch your way past a bunch of zombies, and you get to weirdly enough a limb clinic vendor station, and you still have to pay full price for stuff. <laughs> like the, the the guy, the lady behind the glass, the German lady. A, she can't give you free praxis kicks for saving her life and potentially stopping the crazy zombie. Pa- Plague. Yeah. 
That sounds well, precious. Maybe it's because she's German and she just can't go against the way things are supposed to be. I don't know. I mean, look, she has orders. She has to follow them. Uh, yeah, the, the orders of the corporation last even after the death of the corporation. Definitely. Uh... No, there's a lot of yellow in this game. We well, comment on the level of yellow. Well, considering that the, the previous game, Invisible War, was entirely tinted in blue. It was. And frankly, since most games color balance towards teal and orange, it was kind of refreshing. It was kind of neat, because you'd go through Hangshaw and you'd have this really yellow big haze. yellow glow, and you'd be kind of like, like am it, I being blinded? Or well, it felt like light pollution. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking when I was going through it. It was kind of like... You have this weird sort of Chinese Vegas, which is yeah. really what it felt like. It was Chinese Las Vegas. I, I mean, I could camp behind that. It was kind of interesting just the way, like, there you have this tint all over. Because even Detroit had the, the same thing, but yeah. you go to other areas and the tint's not as heavy. I kind of liked it. I kind of like that they're bringing it back for uh, Mankind Divided. Human Revolution 2. Basically. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. It's fine. Yeah. The voice acting was really good in this game. I really did like Elias Tofexis doing yeah. his Batman voice. No, I like that this game has a really solid art style. It, it really executes on what it's going for. Well, I think it's just unfortunate that it has to stop to remind you that, oh... It's Deus Ex. Yeah, we're a Deus Ex game. But you know what? I mean, in its defense, I like that the way in which the art style and the voice acting and the music is all really well blended together. And I like the fact that there's a lot of believability coming from the acting in this game. Like, you know, David really is a dick. And the, the actor does an amazing job of also bringing out David's sympathetic side even, which yeah. I appreciate because it, the characters do feel a lot more multifaceted compared to other um, Western RPGs that I've played. Yeah, And I, I appreciate that because I actually did care about a lot of the characters in the story. I, I had actual emotions. Like, Pritchard is a jerk. But you know what? Oh, he yeah. and Jensen have the cutest well, relationship here's ever. Here's the thing: like uh, Pritchard is your voice on the radio or uh, voice with an internet connection. He's the guy that tells you what to do and maybe how to do it, like any Most good spring shooter has. Except, and, except during the deal, the uh, director's cut segment. I can't remember the missing link. Missing, missing link. link. Yeah. yeah, there you get uh, a hacker with a Slavic accent. Yeah, but um, like he's he's an absolute asshole. Oh, Pritchard's a total douche. Like, he treats you badly, and in a lesser game, he would have just been on the bad guy's side the whole time, and you would have gotten to shoot him in the face with a shotgun. And here they actually have you grow and build a relationship. It's a it's a great it's well, a it's, great arc. It's that fun bit of it's a work workman's relationship, but at the same time, I mean you get to do a quest for Pritchard, and it really opens up kind of why he is the way that he is. And I really liked that quest. It was one of my favorites. Just because, you know, you can be smarmy, Jensen Adam, you know, just to kind of even the playing field. But at the same yeah. time, you know, you kind of get you know, that it, it's supposed to be business as usual. Um, and I loved his relationship with Malik. I actually thought that Adam and Malik were really cute, just because Malik was always determined to keep him safe, you know. And she had quite the personality. Like, she was sassy. Which is why, like, Megan's so painful. <laughs> yeah, like, Megan is such a non-entity. Um, okay, what, what is she wearing? What is that stupid coat she's wearing? Well, okay, there's, there's this weird sort of uh, Elizabethan fashion sense. It's it's yeah. triangles and Elizabethan uh, triangles laid over Elizabethan fashion because it's supposed to be Renaissance-y. I think they're taking that metaphor a little too literally. Well, what's the reporter's name? Oh, her Eliza was... Kassan with her giant buff. <laughs> yeah, because her, I thought, was worse than Megan's. 
Um, of course, she is a hologram, so I don't know what hologram fashion is. No, I know. But I mean, it's like, it's funny because you have the other characters, like, if you look at, like, what Malik wears, or well, what Pritchard wears. Malik wears a, a flight suit. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Pritchard's outfit, though, doesn't have it as bad as, you know, some of the other well, characters. Well, I mean, you, you're seeing, like, I love the brocaded shoulders on yeah, Jensen's coat. Well, I mean, I just, I love Jensen's design to begin with. I, I like didn't the see fact... a whole lot of puffy shirts, though. Yeah, there were not a lot of, like, I think the men got off a little better just by having suits without lapels. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't see a whole lot of breeches and knee stockings. Oh, which is yeah, for the no, best. no pod pieces. Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness. I, I, I think maybe the women got off a little worse, but that's always the case with fashion. <laughs> and uh, some of the women just look more or less like businesswomen now, so there's not much to complain about. You, you see them every day. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it. Um, one thing I'll mention is that this game has a director's cut, and unlike a lot of enhanced re-releases, uh, this, this is actually probably the better way to go about the game because in the first iteration the boss fights were terrible like they were they literally just sort of broke away from everything the game had been doing to do this stupidity and they literally outsourced the fights and the guys they outsourced it to did not get a memo about how deus ex works well and that's just it it's it's so jarring to go from regular combat to these boss fights where you're kind of you're basically having panic attacks because you have to try to quickly figure out what the crap you need to do. Yeah, like um, you, I know you the Mantis to... one took me I don't know how many times because she's cheap. Yeah, she she's literally cheap. Uh, <laughs> she she it turns invisible and electrifies the floor. Basically, you need to have that wonderful perk up. You can handle electrified floors, but if you didn't get that memo, that boss fight is really painful. Yeah, like it, it's. Well, maybe and that's why I... Dir- yeah, the director's cut does sort of introduce new options, and they feel really tacked on if you played the first iteration, <laughs> but... Well, with that fight in particular, I, you know, I just killed her outright because, uh, you know, I, I had a bunch of cloak cells and some replenishment, so I just did that. I cloaked a lot and shot her whenever I could, and but eventually That's one way of doing it. But then I realized, really oh, I, I could have hacked the door... Which, you know, is totally doable while she might be coming up behind you to slash you in the neck. Hey, that hacking minigame is awesome, and any opportunity should be taken, even if you're about to get stabbed. We we can talk about that in a minute. Once you get up there, you find that you can, oh, I can dump a whole bunch of toxic gas down there. And she didn't take the rebreather og, so, (laughs) (laughs) haha. Yeah, well, that's just it. Like, there's a couple of things in the boss fights where, like, there are some neat little tricks that if you find them, it's great. The first boss fight, I think, is the only one that doesn't really have any sort of tricks to it. Well, there are. But then again, he was pretty stupid. Well, that's I just have... it. Like, it was that was probably the he just stood in one place. Yeah, well, he just shot you. Though. Well, he has a he has a Gatling gun arm and infinite grenades. Would you move if you had a Gatling gun arm and infinite? But I have cover you... right there. But that's just it. I mean, it's weird because you go from that first boss fight and you think, like, I don't know why people are complaining about why these boss fights are so hard. It's pretty easy. And then you get to Mantis and you're like, oh, oh, uh, this is BS. And then you get to, what's his face? Like, Janir or whatever? Namir. Namir. And he's like, he's really, like, BS hard. Unless you did what I did. (laughs) And he's not. But it's like... Or you play the director's cut like I did uh, because I just looked all the time and shot him whenever I could. Oh, that's I, just a, there was no consistency in that first iteration. Yeah. Like, and that, I think, was kind of what, what its downfall was for people who played it that way. Whereas, like Scott said, you play it in the director's cut, and 
they managed to tone it up it down and rebalance it so that people are well, going it's hey. still it still does not compare to the first game where you just say two words to Gunter Herman and he explodes. <laughs> That's your reward for taking hacking is reading someone's email and getting to blow a guy up with two words. Kind of neat. It's pretty rad. That, that when they haven't developed kill switches yet. That's your explanation. A stupid explanation. Well, you you aren't a member of an organization that you know has the key, the kill switches for everyone. Or something. I don't know. And then there was that weird game that you played that kind of is in the same universe. I don't okay. Know if you want to mention so it there, there is the fourth game in the franchise, uh, which is Deus Ex: The Fall. It is set around this along the same timeline as Human Revolution. It came out on iOS, uh, July 2013. Which is the way I tried to play it. <laughs> Android six months later, and then three months after that on Windows. Um, and it is trying to shrink the human revolutions experience down to tablet sized and have a bunch of microtransaction nonsense in it. I remember because Manny told me I didn't get a chance. Uh, it's not really worth giving a chance it's, to. Here's the thing. On the I played it on my iPad. So of course his first complaint is well you're playing on an iPad too, that's your problem. Whoa. Second, like it, it just has absolutely bullshit controls that like, don't actually work. Like they, they um, don't. You can't map this to tapping. Like and here, like and that's just like when you're moving around and talking to people, it's not as bad because you know you double tap or you tap or you swipe and it's cool. When you go into combat, however, the game is just BS to play. It like it doesn't make sense. A lot of the time, I had and I'm trying to remember the protagonist's name. Ben. Ben. Ben would stick to everything. Yeah. So every time I would try to do a pop out and shoot, like I had to swipe up to pop up and shoot, and it didn't work, and most of the time I just died a lot. Yeah, and I played it on Windows, and it was still just really stiff, and uh, the plot concerns Ben Saxon, who was from the tie-in novel, um, a former henchman to Namir and his cronies, but finds the truth of what they're doing wrong and gets kicked out. So he's hiding in Panama, uh, trying to keep uh, one head, one one step ahead of uh, his uh, re- rejection, cyborg rejects, rejection symptoms, and uncovers an entirely new conspiracy to hide a generic uh, anti-rejection jo- drug so that everyone can make lots of money because that's cyberpunk. Yeah, and um, it doesn't end because they want it to be episodic, except they sort of made episodes contingent on this performing well, and I guess because Square Enix has no sensible metric of success, uh, it obviously failed, so we aren't getting the second half now. But it was super yellow. I mean, it kept the art style. It definitely tried to recreate like, a, as much of the game as it could. And, and you know what? It was not an, an ugly iPad. Game. It was not an ugly game on iPad. If anything, it was probably the prettiest game I played on iPad. Yeah, but it's lot. it's back to closet size environments. Yeah. yeah, like it was so easy to get like stuck in a wall, or you know, you try to talk to somebody and be like, "Wow, this is claustrophobic." Like it, it is really. Like, it, it is, it's sort of like if they made a sequel to Invisible War in a lot of ways. I am not, I am not looking forward to that, then. Well, yeah. you know, and it's baffling, because if you ever read, like, reviews for the iPad version, people are like, oh, it's amazing, it's fantastic, and then you read the reviews for the PC version, and it's like, right. why this is the, a piece of Why crap. the hell why did they bother? bother? What so, is this? So it's kind of funny, especially because I was like, I, you know, if, if Deus Ex The Fall was just a talking game... 
I could get behind that because like the talking boss fights and stuff were still great to play and whatever. It's just it felt the need to include real combat and I was like, why couldn't you just be a talking game? Be a talking game. So I guess this means we can now segue into the awesomeness that is the game that we don't have yet. Well, no. We're getting an Adam Jensen sequel. Well, no, because that's not what Backtrack does. Well, we... no, but I am excited and I am pointing that out. Okay? Fair enough. Because I love Adam Jensen. He's my bro. We had songs together. <laughs> um, I kick-punched many walls. Actually, I do have a good story about kick-punching walls. So there's a point in the game where you have to go to the sewers and hang shop. And Scott's yeah. like, hey, there's a wall there. You can kick-punch the wall. So I did, and I set off the alarms. And all of the triad all the came, came to, to shoot her with SMGs. But you know the funny part is, I didn't die, I remember. <laughs> I just survived. Yeah, you hid in a corner and kept... I just let the body count go up. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But uh, we do have to step back and say that, uh, so Deus Ex, Human, Revo- uh, Human Revolution, the di- director's cut on PC is 21 is bucks. 22 bucks right now and is frequently on sale. Even at 22 it's good. It is good. I well, how long was I playing the damn thing? Steam says I was playing it a total of fifty-eight hours, so I definitely got good money worth. Yep. And uh, oh yeah, we might as well mention that AI has changed a little bit now. If you leave bodies lying around, people are upset. Yes, and they're only unconscious. No matter how hard you hit that guy, his friend will be able to get him up in a little bit. Yeah. Unless you like murder takedown, which is how I did everything, because you know. Uh, Jensen Jensen was a total murderer in my game because I didn't believe in that non-lethal nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> because you, it's so much more either, work. You can either just slap a guy around. I, I love these brief cutscenes you get when you use the takedown. These guys will usually try and fight you and then Jensen will just punch oh, him in the crotch the, or something. When, when you get the double takedown, yes. if you do it by sneaking up on someone with the non-lethal, uh, you will literally mash their heads together like Mo. I love that. <laughs> Oh, that was pretty rad. Yeah. I, I mostly just put down. guys in the, the vents. That's kind of how I did things. If I could remember to do it. A lot of the time I was very lazy and I just, <laughs> I just left a trail of bodies because I didn't care. Well, if they got upset, you'd just shoot that guy in the well, kneecaps. That's right. We're in the groin. Sam, Sam is very select. She, she's actually very precise as a marksman. <laughs> it's just kneecaps and groins every time, no matter what she's playing. It's the truth. Like, we're playing Borderlands 2 right now, and the same thing keeps happening. Oh, my e- God. Even on creatures that don't have knees or groins? Oh, oh, oh. I find it! Like, literally, it's it's hilarious. I'll be wa- I'll, I'll be turning around, I'll, I'll be dealing with a, a, a mob, and I'll turn around, and there's just a bunch of gun loaders crawling on their, crawl, crawling around their arms because Sam has destroyed their legs. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you can kill them in the face, too. I'm getting to it! <laughs> like, me playing games with guns is always entertaining because, you know, I just... I seem to be really good at getting people in those two points, and really bad at faces. So when I get a headshot, I'm pretty proud of myself, but yeah. kneecaps uh, are usually that thing I'm really good at getting. Oh, and meanwhile, um, Deus Ex The Fall is 10 bucks, also frequently on sale, also don't bother. And if you, are gonna, if you are some kind of some kind of masochist, then wait for a second. Well, od- Which is you, right, Mike? Well, odds are you'll get... Think- they'll, they'll, Square Enix will put the Deus Ex bundle on sale and you'll be like, okay, it's two games I like and something else, and it's and a good And that other deal. one I need to accept exists. Yeah. Wait, yeah. which is two of those, so... 
that's just it. It's like there are two good Deus Ex games by the sound of it, and two that are not worth playing. Yep. And you know what? And, that's okay. Uh, yeah, let's see here. And the music is pretty good in the game. Oh, yeah. It's, again, like I said, between that and the voice acting, the game does a good job of making you feel very much like you're a part of the atmosphere, which is nice. You know? I liked when I could go around saying, sneaky, 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 I shot you! Or Scott would just, you know, sneak around people and, you know, not kill them, whereas I just, <laughs> I killed everybody. There, there goes Scott, trying to act like this is Deus Ex 1 all over again. What, What's your problem, man? <laughs> That's just how he is. I'm just creeping past guys and punching people who aren't paying attention. I do like the whole takedown system, though, in this game. I love being able to pop out of event and be like, Bitch, please, I take you down! And because I like the lethal one, it always meant that there was swords in my hands. Okay, Scott, I I never used the peps gun or the stun gun. Do they have any purpose? Okay, so so the stun gun lets you knock people out from a short distance... While they spasm uncontrollably, it's kind of hilarious. The Peps gun is hilarious because it will it it takes out a giant cone of people. It's it's a riot suppression weapon. So you, when you're in the zombie apocalypse in the Arctic, you just tap that and you, you'll you'll kite a bunch of the guys and just tap it and watch them all fall over. And you're like, ha ha, Peps gun away. I gotta say, it was pretty fun using Typhoon stuff on them. Oh, the the Typhoon, which is a brand new AUG for the game. Uh, it turns you into a Claymore mine. <laughs> it's pretty rad. It's rad. It is also great for the situation where you've just got too many dudes around. Yeah. <laughs> or just get one of those stupid one of those stupid security robots. Oh, those guys. Yeah. Man, you, I, I, mean, I liked hacking the robots though. Could why, why hack them when so I can much. blow them up and get the experience for hunk of junk? Yeah, well, but. I like, but hacking them and turning them against other guys is also fun. Gets you I, even more experience, which like, I did. So many there situations. were a few times when I said when I sicked the security robots on people and got to. And watch it them doesn't count as you killing them, so I got the pacifist achievement for the fall. It's hilarious. I, I I liked you know hacking the turrets so that way they would just shoot all the dudes for me. It was pretty nice. I mean, there's also this one area, I think it's the one where you have to fight the double robots. I think it was in, like, a Oh, yeah, the warehouse. Uh, when you're escaping a warehouse in Because it's uh, that option to go up into, uh, I think it's the equip- like the um, engineering bay, and you can hack from there yeah. to yeah. take the robots down. And when I figured that out, like, I was in my happy place. It was like, I had to have robots don't want to kill me more. At least only one of them wants to kill me. I can handle one. And there, there was, and the, the hacking minigame is really fun in this. Oh my god, it's a lot of fun. Like, it, you can spend it a took lot of me time... a minute to get into it. At first I thought, what the hell is going on? And then I finally understood the controls and really got into it. Oh, and the missing link. Uh, I gotta say, is it not anticlimactic to just drop in there after Burke has been yammering at you for 20 minutes over the intercom? Well, Jensen, you, you, you're some kind of terrible pacifist. Look at all the people you murder. You're a hypocrite, Jensen. And then you just punch him and he goes down. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> while he's rambling at you, you get to drop in from the vent, land behind him, and do the shoulder tap punch Batman style. Pretty awesome. I never got to do that, but I watched Scott do it. It's pretty great. Yeah, the he missing... played it on Wii U. Yeah. The missing link is pretty good. And it looks different than the rest of the game because this is actually shrouded in blue. Yeah, they they actually did create some new stuff for it specifically. You can kind of tell it's made on a much smaller budget than the rest of the game because you know the the cutscenes don't have full performance capture, 
So it's got that Bioware stance thing where Jensen leans back against something and crosses his arms to talk to someone who has their hands at their sides. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it, it'll only bother you if you're really looking for something to get mad about. And yeah. this isn't worth it. Then, uh, yeah, the, what's her face? Keitner, the, the lady who eventually frees you. Is she uh, hot? Uh, maybe. I don't know. She, uh, kind of. She's, so she's not, not Malik. Okay, I can ignore this conversation. Well, she does get. She does die. You get, and you get to see uh, somebody being operated on with a whole bunch of gears and levers trying to go into the spine, which was actually kind of freaky to look at. <laughs> I don't know. It, you certainly hear enough language to justify the M rating. Yeah, that's a that's mostly it. Mostly coming from Pritchard. Pritchard liked to swear a lot. Yeah. Not so yeah, much I, super haughty Malik. I am a girl, I'm sorry. And I think a lot of the grunts swear a lot if they see some of the stuff you've been doing, but yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I truthfully think these, this game is fantastic, and you should go play it on one of its many platforms and not play the iOS game. Yay, we talked about it! It was awesome! <laughs> and, oh, I guess we should tell the story about Elias Tofexis, actually. We actually had the chance to interview him one year, which was kind of neat. Uh, and he was a total doll. Like, total sweetheart. And he totally was a voice in Sweet Code and Terror Christ, which we had to ask him about, and he totally did anime voices for us. He's like, they tell you in the booth that you have to be, like, really exaggerated. So he was, like, teaching us about, like, exaggerated voice acting. And then sort of let it slip that, like, Jensen's story was not quite over. <laughs> yeah. And then also explained that he was married to Megan, which was kind of interesting. Because the panel we went, we went to go watch was about a lot of the uh, Ubisoft voice actors, but then it was also, like, some of the Montreal guys. And, yeah. Um, so, you know, it had Michelle Bobak. Um, Malik's voice actress was there. And, like, they're all besties. And, like, Adam, uh, Adam Jensen, Elias Tofexis was <laughs> explaining to people how, like, um, when he got his copy of the game years later, because he'd done the voice acting, what was it, like, three, three years He had done before? a lot of the recording three years prior and then had come back to do revisions and... over the every few months after... And he played the whole game, and he was explaining how, like, he could picture parts of it when he was doing it, and he's like, oh, I could have done this better, and, like, it upset him. And then he talked about the Malik death scene. Like, totally spoiled it for everybody at the panel, for those who didn't play it. Yeah. Uh, and he was just screaming, like, how, you know, he, um, he's like, I just, I just couldn't leave her! I just couldn't leave her! But that Megan chick, you know, couldn't care less about her, and his wife is, like, giving him dirty like she, she literally punched him in the shoulder at that point. So... Random little story, but we, we had a good time. I mean, he's, like I said, an incredibly nice guy, and he was happy to answer all our questions, and, you know, I, I just, it was a good interview to do. Yeah. Um, was she nice? Get the, uh, you know what? We didn't get the chance to like, fully talk they, to they Megan. they were kind of, they, it was the end, it was the last day of the con, and I think everyone was trying to cut out, so mm. we didn't get to talk to too many other people. But he was nice. His wife seemed nice with yeah. most of the people. Like, she was happy to tell her stories from the, the recordings and stuff, because she was one of the few people who didn't have to do as much stuff in the suit. Yeah. Um, whereas, what is the lady who plays Malik's name? Um, God, I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, pa Paula. Paula, Hicks Paula Hickson. Yeah, Paula Hickson said that she had, like, way... She had way too much fun in the suit, even though, like, Malik doesn't seem to have a lot of gestures, but they had to do a lot of her doing the, the, the fake sitting in the chair totally piloting something. Yeah. <laughs> she said those were pretty awkward. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. Like, if you ever get the chance, you know, listeners, uh, check out Elias Tofexis' Twitter account, especially when he's talking about uh, 
Mankind Divided because he actually posts a lot of like pictures from behind the scenes and when he's working. So you get to see the damn suit that he has to wear, which is really ridiculous. Like mocap suits are just ridiculous. And if you break one of those ball things on it, like it, it's not good for you. <laughs> apparently. So yeah. What do you get shocked or do you get the bill? Uh, I think they get, they give you the bill. Yeah, you have to be apparently very gentle with the with the suits. Yeah. So I can't wait for Mankind Divided. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to see more of Action Jensen being the ultimate hero and throwing the Deus Ex plotline out the window. Because <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. When is it set? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's year. picking up two years after. No, it's set next year. No, it's picking oh, up two years after the line. plot of the game. Sorry, so it's two years after the plot release date is next year. Okay. I think they said fall of next year, so uh, and that gives them plenty of time. And I think, is it Mary who's writing the plot again, Scott? Yeah, it's, it's it the same team. Some pretty exciting stuff. Well, hopefully it doesn't get rushed out like Invisible War. It probably won't. You know, this team did a better job of taking its dear sweet time. I mean, like I said, you know, Elias Tofex has told us about how it, he was already recording stuff years prior to the game even being completed. Um, and being that it's Idos Montreal, like, they are very good at taking time. So I, I do have faith that nice part, unfortunately, about being under Square Enix Enterprises is nothing really gets rushed out the door. It's true. Like, when you think about it, a lot of the games, they give them the time. It's not like Ubisoft where, you know, they send out a broken piece of crap and tell you, it's fine, you can play it. I'm looking at you, Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> piece of crap that I actually might have on the shelf. <laughs> you good now? We're good now. I still want to date Malik. That might happen in the game. Who knows? Is Malik coming no. back? I think. I think it'll... I guess it'll depend, right? Like, because if Malik yeah, after, died after in all, game... it wasn't mandatory for her to live. Oh, they probably won't bring her back then. Yeah. Sad face. Sad face. Anyways, Phil, final lap time. Let's go. Did Phil fall asleep? I think he did. He might have had too much Devastator. Clearly why you can't give somebody a beer called Devastator. On the other hand, if you lived in Utah, you might be ready for a bunch of Devastator too. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be making it in a bathtub in my basement. Uh, are we going to be bootlegging like Homer? That, that awesome. is what I'm saying. <laughs> awesome. Be I'll get you, Beer Baron. No, you won't. <laughs> beer. Anyways, we did that part for you, Phil, where we talked about were they worth it. The answer is no to Invisible War, yes to Human Revolution, and yeah. no to Hugh Deus Ex the Fall. We're oh. good. So you're talking about these two games, these two role-playing games or RPGs? Role-playing games. <laughs> Don't start. Well, it's been, what, 20 minutes since you had one, Phil? I think you need to make up for lost time. Yes, and uh, so I need to go back to the icebox, and while I do that, I'm going to let you guys listen to a musical ditty from Deus Ex. Invisible War, or that other game that you talked about. <laughs> How about Human Revolution? That would probably be much better music for their ears. Human Revolution Devastator. Alright, we'll be right back.
welcome back. This is the final app where we do kitchen sink stuff and go around the table and we read your comments, but there really aren't a whole lot on White Knight Chronicles except that it's not a super awesome game. It's not awesome like Devastator. He is, you know, top five for Transformers. He top is. Five. Isn't that the one where the Constructicons all come together? Yeah, that that's when all, all five construction robots come together. Yeah. You you know it just is a they're they're releasing a new Devastator Constructicon set uh, for I think it's San Diego Comic Con. I I am like super interested in just getting my hands on that. When I was a kid, I was desperate to get like so, you know one of those uh, combo changings. To, you know the five little robots make into one big robot. I, I never could afford one. I get like three of them for Christmas, and I wouldn't get the other two, and I couldn't farm the big robot. <sighs> I broke my heart. I'm sorry. That now, very now that I'm older and I have spare money, I've got several Transformers that I couldn't have as a kid, like Megatron. I've got Optimus. I've got a couple of other uh, flunkies. Do, um, do you got Unicron, the big Unicron? No, Unicron wouldn't quite fit in the case, unfortunately. I do have well, RC, that's though. That's the point. Yeah, so yeah. I just I need to build a new chef just to hold Unicron. Uh, shoot, you're a grown up. You don't got kids to wait to burn all your income on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, gosh, if you want to talk about Transformers or RPG back, oh, there we go again. <laughs> RPG back, Joe. Two swigs. <sighs> okay, said it again. Oh, did I? Damn the third swig! Holy cow! And if you read Victor's comment, you're going to get a couple more. Don't no, read his comment. No, no, we're not reading the. There's not really a lot of proof. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways, you can go over to rpgamer.com, click on our forum links, and share your thoughts, and we'll give you some more details at the very end when we do all those legalistic chit chat. But we're going to do a round table, and we're going to ask our guests and hosts what they've been doing, what they've been playing, and what's on their minds. And we're going to start with the one, the only Scott Wakamata. Um, uh, you know, I've, 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 well, I've been playing Geared of Dungeoneering for review. Um, it's a roguelike-ish thing. You, you throw adventurers at dungeons and hope they don't die. There's, there's a management aspect that way. I've also watched, got some deck-building stuff. I watched a YouTube video. It looked kind of interesting. It's got this, like, it, it, it's got a doodle-on-graph-paper aesthetic that sort of, you know, reminds you of the battle days of building things for advanced dungeons and dragons how are you enjoying um it's all right i mean it's it's not grabbing my attention for long periods but in but it, i can definitely sit down and you know do a few runs and then leave it aside for and come back to it later in the day again it's something i, I want to say it's built in unity and i fully expect this to get ported for tablets at some point and it's something i might like more as a tablet game but Cute. it's all right Anything else you'd like to share? You also did a review for the site. I heard oh, uh, you were doing a review for the site. I, I did. I, I wrote. A, I posted a review for Pillars of Eternity. It's good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. It's a good. Uh, it is a good successor to Infinity Engine uh, games. And would you say that's a? I mean, perhaps you could play a role. Uh, it do, gives yeah. you plenty of room to define your character, uh, both as a personality and as a uh, combat wombat uh, specialized sort of way. That was a long explanation. Isn't there an acronym you could use? 
Uh, I do not know whatever you. But it's RPG. RPG. Damn it. Oh god, take another swig. Mm. You said it twice. Uh, oh, two swig. Don't mm. encourage. Mm. Hey, it's his rule. Uh, he has to learn better if he's going to play by such silly rules. So if you pass out in a couple minutes, Phil, we know why. I uh, I saw your your review, and I I I have to say I I was a little upset because you know everybody else was giving it like you know nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, they also thought it was the second coming of Jesus. Let's let's be real what? here, okay? Wait a minute, isn't that little sprite Jesus right there in that screenshot? Isn't that could be? I don't know. <laughs> And I mean that. I don't know. Way, I can't okay? tell. Every time I zoom in, it gets jaggy as heck. This is it. I mean that lovingly, but the reviewing community was a little all. Oh my god! This is the greatest thing that I haven't played in so long because you know I can't play those old style games. <laughs> you know, on God or Bless you, bless you. Oh, that's just me. Oh. Bless you. Well, uh, this is completely anecdotal, but I will tell you that my wife has played both Pillars of Eternity and the Van Helsing Trilogy. And she has put more hours into the Van Helsing Trilogy. She keeps going back to Van Helsing. But she she did play Pillars of Eternity to the point where she even got her own uh, fort or castle or something she kept telling me about. Yeah, there's a fort building thing that doesn't go anywhere. Interesting. It's... It, it's nowhere near as cool as Skyhold in Dragon Age Inquisition. I didn't even feel the need to mention it in the review. Wow, because uh, she seemed fascinated with it at first, but then she stopped talking about it and went back to playing Van Helsing. Yeah, it it like the the the, the game kind of gets lost in Act Two, where you're just swimming in side quests and you're like, uh, plot what? Plot what not? You know, what's the story of my YA novel. Now, yeah. now here's here's something interesting, Mike. Is right is is if you give certain games like a four point five instead of a five point zero on our website, which is our max score, you get you get these droves of fanboys that will come and blast you. But Scott gives Pillars of Eternity a three point five out of five, clearly lower than the average that's out there on Metacritic. Oh, I think I think we're at the bottom of the scale. Let's see. And I'm I'm not seeing the fanboys here, Mike. No, there was one, but There's... otherwise. I mean, most people, I yeah, think... Yeah, there's this one guy who says so many things about it are great. Near flawless user interface design. Interesting it, story. Seriously deep elements. Okay, we are the lowest! <laughs> yay! Yeah! Yay! Yeah, yes! Yeah. Achievement unlocked! Ka-ching! Now I'm gonna go give Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines a two out of five. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Get back. Get back. Spoiler alert, guys. It's getting a two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that. It's really buggy. Ah, uh, not even just that. It's precious. It's it's, it's stiff and stilted it's, and it's awkward. Precious. And half the skills are meaningless. But it was awesome for its time, guys. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it came out right... It came out right next to Half-Life 2. I'm joking. Right next to it. Half-Life 2. I, I seem to remember Half-Life 2. That was rather influential. People seem uh, That to was an important title. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Let's uh, go over to uh, Sam Marshmallow Wakamatur. Is there a hyphen between Marshmallow and Wakamatur? I think there is. Anyways. Sam, what you been doing? Uh, running JRPG July. Oh, JRPGs, that counts. 
Okay, uh, more she hemp said it, you said through. it. In any case, I am running this thing on our mm-hmm. site. I am not saying the word anymore. I am not encouraging him. Um, for the J, that's all you need. Where, you know, the staff has been playing Japanese role-playing games to support uh, Chick Pixel's event. Um, she was really excited. Her name is uh, Ann Lee. Uh, she writes for Game Critics and Chick Pixel, obviously. And uh, she was so thrilled to have our support for the event. Um, and it goes on for the whole month. You can pick any uh, Japanese role-playing game you like. Uh, I've been playing Atelier Iris, which uh, I'm really liking. It's really cheesy. And I've been kind of sharing screenshots on Twitter as I find them that are really weird. Uh, I've also been... I finished... The game I originally was going to start with was Shin Megami Tensei 4, uh, but unfortunately, I kind of finished it before the first update of the event. You rushed uh, through it, Sam. <laughs> I powered through it, man. Like, I thought... I honestly thought I had more um, more to do, but I didn't. Um, and I was a little sad about that. But that's okay. Playing Atelier Iris, I'm really liking it, and I'm also working on a review for our No Surge Plus, which... Again, I wish Gust would stop with the plus nonsense because mostly it's just a bunch of new costumes where the main the main heroine has a lot of underboob. Underboob. A lot of underboob. I mean, okay. The, the, you, you've the never problem... heard that term before, Phil? Yes, yes, I have. Here, but I don't know deal, if I've had that okay? much devastator yet. Here's the deal. I mean, the women in Arno Surge go one of two ways. They are either completely flat chested or are like have super boobage. I I don't get it. I mean, as a woman with super boobage, I mean, I can understand, but they don't look like they're in pain, which worries me a little bit. Um, but it's pretty much the same game I played on PS3. Uh, it's it's all right. Um, nothing special. And I'm sure the fanboys will kill me for that, but that's okay. Because, you know, I, I take issues. Wait, with- wait, wait. So now we have two reasons for people to complain. You can send all your complaints about the Marshmallow Wakamator's bad reviews uh, at <laughs> askwheels at rpgamer.com. He's happy to take your complaints. Yes, yes. He, he will know, not ignore them. As long that. as I'm not dealing with, you know, people pitchfor- yelling with pitchforks about my vagina, I think I'm good, um, which thankfully didn't happen when I reviewed Arno Surge. It happened with a different R game, though, Koga. Um, but that's okay. You know, it's fine. I'm cool I with it. I remember that people getting really excited about that game for some reason. <laughs> I still <laughs> I don't really know it. why. It's it's precious, okay? You know, Alex and I still have nightmares over Saki. We really do. Um, at least the characters in Arno Surge are actually quite tolerable. Actually, they're even quite adorable at times. So, I mean, I'm liking it in that regard. And the music is really me- beautiful. You showed me the picture of, what was she, the... Zill. She's the villain. Or one of the villains. And she's got some mad boobage. And her outfit makes absolutely no sense, but we accept it. Because, you know, no one has an outfit that makes sense in the series. Um, But you can look forward to a review for that at some point. I have two more phases of the game to go, because I'm playing it very slowly. Um, Yeah, and that's really all I've been up to. Uh, Support Japanese role-playing game month. It's awesome, and it's great to see everybody enjoying some classic games or even some new games. Um, been really enjoying seeing everyone's progress because I know Phil, you're a part of it. I'm a part of what? Some... I'm a part of what? Uh, you're Marshmallow? playing Dragon Quest Six and Tales a, of Symphonia. As a part of what would you I'm say that is? I'm not saying the word. What would, so... you, what would you say that is, Sam? I'm not saying. I, I said oh, okay. Japanese role playing games, sweetheart. Oh, oh, what, what's the acronym for that again? <laughs> I 
All right, Mike. How was your What's the hashtag? Isn't there, isn't there a hashtag on that that people can look up on Twitter? I'm ignoring him now because he really just wants me to say take a drink. <laughs> hashtag? Phil, uh, the, the first step is realizing that you have a problem. I don't have a problem, okay? I am perfectly... Don't judge me! Stop You're it. You're judging your devastator. You're judging me. You're judging devastator. on this web zone. <laughs> you're, you're, you're judging Wasatch Brewery, okay? They're nice people. I, I, I talked to the lady today. It was very nice in the store. Mike, what you playing, bud? What you doing? You mean aside from Human Revolution? Because I just finished that last night. Hey, what do we classify that game as on it? What's the genre on that one? Uh, well, it's a first-person game. Oh. Um, he can he, drink on his own, Mike. Don't don't be the encourager. Yeah, I mean, you, you can drink in this game too. We talked about that. You just it makes the screen all fuzzy and hard to see for a while unless you spin in circles. Yeah, uh, circles. Uh, okay, so now that I've got that done, there are a couple of projects that I need to get into. One of which is to finally get on with telepath tactics. After all the patches that have come along, I am hoping that I will not have to ever go through a battle that would have taken me 40 minutes, taking three hours because of the sheer amount of slowdown that hit me. I exaggerate not in the slightest. I counted. That was three damn hours. That's pretty brutal. So yeah, that's why I was waiting for patches to come along and help it out. And it sounds like you got some? There have been patches. I need to try it again. Yay! It was very hard to play Telepath Tactics and Human Revolution simultaneously, so I didn't try. Yeah, it's not worth it, but... Uh, And then, yeah, I think I'll start up Front Mission 3. We'll see how that goes. I I haven't been... Since in early July, I wasn't playing anything Japanese. I could hardly participate in that little Twitter hashtag thing we've got going. But, um, yeah, that that should change now. Uh, Oh, yes, and I did test out the PSP that I acquired from the pawn shop. It has no memory stick, so I got... I can't really do much yet, but I stuck a UMD in. It told me that, hey, you have no memory stick. Are you sure you want to try and play it anyway? So that's good, right? That's a thing. Um, so in other words, you should acquire a memory stick. That would be a good idea. It is very difficult to play most titles that we talk about on this series or on our website in general without any kind of means of saving. And the few that we do talk, that our meanings of talking about, uh, I might not want to play. Understood. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Nice. All right, Phil, it's your turn. Yay. And then I get to go to bed. Bed. So, yeah, 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 we're doing You've been that. playing Dragon Quest thing, Dragon, right? Dra- right, Dragon Quest and uh, Tales of Symphonia and, and working my way through those. In fact, I was uh, I was playing some uh, Dragon Quest today while I was at the gym, which was really the only time I had. Um, there's this uh, Michael probably remember this because I don't think he played it too long. Um, but there's uh, there's this one point where you're going back to your village, forty some hours into the game, at least forty hours for me because uh, I spent some time grinding. Don't you meet your dream self? Who you meet your yeah, and, and is a complete coward. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the whole village is on fire. And because uh, you know what? that never happens in role play, role playing games. Well, uh, okay. Here's the difference, Phil. Usually, it happens at the beginning. <laughs> that's right. That's the big change here. It happens 40 hours into the bloody thing, and uh, despite all of my grinding and preparation, the boss there proceeds to kick my entire team's rear end with their posteriors, and I had to reload a save game from over an hour ago. You know how happy that makes me, Mike. Um, Your but, favorite. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. What's really weird is the guy didn't seem to take hardly any damage from from anything, and just basically I ran out of healing and stuff. Uh, I finally broke down. I told Mike earlier, I, I've been, I, I decided on this go-through, I'm just going to read an FAQ because I'm tired of getting lost in that game. Um, and um, uh, it turns out he just doesn't have a lot of hit points. So he kind of fools you into thinking you're not playing him right because you're like, oh, well, I must have to use this magic or that magic or I'm missing a magic item or there's got to be some weakness here. It turns out, no, no, he doesn't have a weakness. He just doesn't have a ton of hit points. So if you just keep wailing on him long enough with physical attacks or whatnot, eventually he'll fall. Um, so yeah, eventually uh, managed to take the guy down. Now I went back to uh, the castle with the king and queen, who are the fathers, father and mothers, parents, the parents of you, the hero. And I'm going through a bunch of dream sequences. That was kind of cool because I needed that. I needed these. So these dream sequences are just basically flashbacks to earlier parts of the game. And I need that because I feel like I've been playing this game for so bloody long that even though I've written a journal on this game, I need reminders what the hell the plot is in this thing. Because it really is, yeah, really far strung. So you're definitely you're definitely moving on to seven right after this, right? Oh, absolutely. Because you know, here's 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 the defining trait. Here's what makes Dragon Quest VI completely the most awesome Dragon Quest game ever. Forty-five to fifty hours into the game, after I go through those dream sequences, the king says to me, "We're going to send you out to save the world, son." Uh, this clearly, clearly you are destined for bigger and better things. Now see every other role playing, as we pointed out early, the burning village, the big quest going out to save the world that happens right at the beginning in this game. It happens 45 to 50 hours in. So, I mean, that's how, you know, you're playing a game that's giving you every little bang for the buck it could possibly give you. That is value boys and girls. Right, you know, Mike? I recall a certain staff member giving this game like I think it was two out of five. Yeah. No, man, this is this is clearly worth a six out of five. I think I remember that staff member because he got in a lot of trouble with our forumers for that one. And you know what? He stood by what he said, and I was very proud of him. Uh, and I I can kind of see where he was coming from because this was if I hadn't been playing it often while watching YouTube and just grinding under the ocean for a while if I had actually needed to understand where to go quickly, that might have ticked me off. And of course, if you want to see this done even worse, then just check out Seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, I so also went back into Tales of uh, Symphonia, which I probably, I think, believe I mentioned on an earlier backtrack that I put down because I got frustrated with the combat and uh, gave it a better college try when I was actually awake and not tired and cranky. And now the combat seems pretty darn easy. I don't even know what I was belly aching about before. I haven't died for like the last 12 hours. Um, the story is pretty cool. Lots of chit chat, uh, if not cliche in many ways found in typical JRPGs. Oh, there's another swig. <sighs> that right. was, you set yourself up for that one, Phil. No, no, that was totally random in a slip of the tongue. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that, there, there's people dying in that one village betray. That, one, that story's pretty decent. It's just got a lot of JR, you know what, cliches <laughs> in it So as well. Um, so, pretty, pretty cool, though. I, 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 I'm, I'm enjoying that. So, let's see, we talked about that, we talked about that. So, yeah, you can find all this and more. You want to head over to RPG Backtrack and check out our, uh, our Japanese role-playing game extravaganza that's going on over there. Uh, we got a nice write-up there from lots of different staff members, so you want to look at that and then share your thoughts on the comments in the forums. You can also join us on Twitter by using the hashtag 
J.R. PG July, all right, take your drink. <laughs> See, he's going to do it anyway, Sam. We might exactly, as well so <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to not encourage. So, Twitter. Yeah, screenshots and everything. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, well, we don't know exactly. What, do we know what the next show is, Mike? It's going to be Crystal's. Definitely going to be crystals. We're going to get <laughs> done. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Trump, stop trying to make crystals happen, Megan. Yeah, crystals. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, you get that off the ground. So, tune in next time for Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest. <laughs> <sighs> Scott, my goal is to get this done before Final Fantasy 15 comes out. Do you think I will succeed? You know, you've got a chance, but, you know, it's a ways to go. We'll see you, you know, but I get get the feeling, you know, that might not be how it happens. Don't don't take all the hope away from me, man. I I crush your hopes, I spit on your dreams, and I drink your tears, Michael. This is how, you know, Damco lives on, you know, Tales fans. They're delicious. We, we apologize to our longtime listeners for this abysmally short backtrack, <laughs> clocking in at only two hours. We apologize. We will, we will make sure that Crystalis well, is a six-hour extravaganza. I mean, you could always include longer cuts from, you know, the soundtrack of Deus Ex Human Revolution. We could include the entire OST. That is true. Uh, okay, uh, but uh, in the meantime, uh, I want to thank you all for, for being on the show today. I want to thank our audience for listening. Uh, as always, you guys are the reason that we do this, so do us a favor. Leave us five stars on iTunes. Not four, not three, not two, not one. Five no, stars. No, leave us one. No, leave. leave that on Scott's show. What's it called again? <laughs> do it. Do it. What's your I show? You. What's your, what's your, what's your, your show, show called, Scott? Uh, what's it called again? Active Topical Banter Show our monthly roundtable where we yell about things mostly uh, biting the hand that feeds us. Yes, and leave him one star. Okay, so... Uh, RPG- We're talking about oh, Final yeah. Fantasy VII next time, guys! It's gonna be rad! Oh, well, that'll get you some hits. Um, <laughs> that'll get I'm you some scared. downloads. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is uh, so, so quite possibly the greatest game ever made, according to people who... Tell you what, if you want to get even more hits, make sure you include the word devastator in your title. <laughs> RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our forums or email me at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com or Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us at Twitter, forward slash RPGamer, or become our biggest fans at Facebook.com, forward slash RPGamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast. As I really need to update these little blurb that's written down here. As well as our awesome sister shows, the Active Topical Banner, the RPG Cast, and what is it, Q&A Quest or something? Yeah. Q&A and Tales Quest. Come Q&A on. and Tales and Saga Frontier no, Quest. No. He He's said the next episode is going to be Nintendo-centered, so there won't be a whole lot of tales on that. Ah. Well, you know, Iwata died, and it's really depressing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we little moment of silence for on the retro show, because, you know... Iwata was a cool guy. He Earthbound, Earthbound, man. Earthbound. 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 
Oh. Mike, this is getting depressing. Put us to bed. Good night, peeps. Uh, Omar Sharif just died? Okay, there. That's not depressing at all. Stop um, that! Man, <laughs> stop giving me excuses to rewatch Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. I, like I don't I think you need any excuses for that. Good night, everybody. Viva la revolution! They devastate her!